I believe there are two ways to look at your career. One is like it's a minefield, filled with devices put there by others, expectations, constraints, bias, pressure, glass ceilings, glass cliffs. Or the other is that it's a playing field and you can master the game with tools, mindset, support, communities, and a powerful stance that helps you own your story, take your place, and step into your power. While the former certainly is rooted in a lot of systemic realities, this podcast, it's about the latter. This podcast is about us, as women, doing our thing to make our career our very own playing field. Welcome to Speaking with Women. I'm your host, Vivishi Haile. I'm a serial entrepreneur. and the mom of one, a third culture kid, a career and personal branding advisor, and I am pretty obsessed with helping women step into their professional power. So I invite you to join me and let's step into our power together. This has been a tricky episode to put together. And in all honesty, I've been building it in my head over and over again. And the idea of sitting down to record it created more anxiety than I was expecting. What I want to do today is tell you why I do what I do. I think also more importantly, I want to remind myself of what it is at the core. Let me start by telling you a story, the story that made me angry and sad, the origin story, the one that sort of lit a fire under my behind, if you will. This is a story about a woman called Alice. That's not her real name, but she is a real woman. When I started the Regis and Beauvoir community a few years ago, I offered sessions where I helped mothers coming back to the workforce or who wanted a change. I helped them with their interviewing process, a bit with CVs, but generally it was more around the interviewing. I helped them with self-awareness, etc. And so one day a woman named Alice got in touch with me because she was up for an interview and she really, really wanted that job. She had sent me her CV and she'd sent me the job description and literally it was a one-to-one match. I felt like this woman actually had nothing to worry about. So she came to my home. This was still at the time when we were allowed in each other's homes. And she came to my home to practice the interview. We sat at my kitchen table and in the first five minutes after we started talking, she was in tears. And what she said to me was, I don't know what's wrong with me. I don't understand why I'm not able to manage it. And here's the story she told me about. She hated her current job, and this for a number of reasons. One of the main ones was that she had to commute two hours each day to get to this job. She had asked if she could work remote, but her bosses were not interested. Her husband traveled for work quite a bit, so she was alone with two toddlers. If I remember correctly, they were two and four years old. So she felt guilty that she was leaving her children at daycare too long for the commute. But she also felt guilty towards her co-workers because she had to leave early so she could get through the long commute and pick up her children. So in all of this, she was exhausted. Nothing she was doing was fulfilling. And in fact, she felt that like she was failing at everything. She was failing her kids. She was failing her co-workers. She was failing herself. And she was desperate for this new job. I mean, it was 10 minutes from her house. One of the main reasons she was afraid of not getting it was because she thought her English was not good enough. For those of you that are listening to this in other parts of the world, we're in Montreal, and so we were speaking French. And Montreal is a bilingual city. And so there is an expectation in most places that you will speak both languages. And so she felt that her English wasn't good enough for this job. So as she calmed down and we started interviewing, I asked her if we could do some questions in English. 
She hesitantly said yes, and this is what I found out. Her English was perfect. And I'm not saying that because I wanted her to feel good about herself. Her English was perfect. She had an accent. It was obvious that she was not Anglophone. But the syntax, the vocabulary, everything was perfect. And yet here she was in my kitchen with a CV that was tailor-made for this position, doubting herself, doubting her English, doubting her abilities, and in general, just doubting her ability to manage her life. It was all about how she was failing, but the truth is, she was not the problem. She had an employer that for no good reason required her to commute for two hours each day. She had co-workers who did not wonder if she might be working from 8 to midnight after tucking in the kids, but who raised their eyebrows that she was brushing out at 4.30. She had a spouse who traveled for work all the time, and she was left to manage the home and the kids, all of it. She had all these roadblocks, and all she could think about was what she was doing wrong. I mean, it's been years and I still want to cry when I tell this story, and I never know if it's wanting to cry or being so angry. So after Alice, and after my own return to work after maternity leave, and after watching my brilliant mother, who had a master's degree, raised us and, you know, did all the things, but to my child's eyes, did not get the recognition for it. Well, after seeing all of that, that is why I'm here. Because as women, we feel like there is something deeply and inherently wrong with us. We believe it, even when we buy into all the self-help that's out there. We still look at ourselves with the eyes that are looking for that little flaw to latch onto. Why didn't I answer this this way? Oh, I don't know enough yet. I need another degree. Why am I not able to say no? Why can't I find time to spend with my kids? Why can't I work out? Why can't I meditate? Let me take another course. Let me do another certification. Let me find a way to fix myself. But we don't need to be fixed. We need to see ourselves in all our glory. And this is not a pep talk. Because the truth is, you won't be good at everything. But there is that one or two things that you are brilliant at and that you bring to the world. And that needs to be heard and seen and first by you. So that's the work. That's the work that I do. I want you to see yourself, not with any other criteria but your own, not looking for a flaw to fix. Just see yourself, and then with pride and love, you take your own hand, you raise your head up to the sky, and you walk out into your own sunshine. So here's an excerpt from the research of Dr. Innes and Dr. Clance. They're the ones who did the original work on imposter syndrome. It was called imposter phenomenon at the time. Women who experience the imposter phenomenon maintain a strong belief that they are not intelligent. In fact, they are convinced that they have fooled anyone who thinks otherwise. I said to my therapist, in tears, I think I might actually be intelligent. And as I said those words, and I heard myself say them, it was a shock. I knew I was fast at understanding things. I knew I could put together information and connect dots pretty well. I knew I had that skill. But the way I read the skill was that it was what was allowing me to pass as smart. And that one day people would find out that I wasn't actually really good. And my best friend would tell me, Bibi, you're brilliant at this. 
And I would feel such fear that if he looked closer, he would realize that I was in fact not that brilliant and maybe not even really smart at all, that I was just a really good scam artist. And so when I said to her, I think I might be intelligent, I saw all the layers and the stories that were piling up between me and the deep knowledge and conviction that I am indeed intelligent. So you hear me talk about rocking your career, and you might think that that is what I do about work, about being your best professional self, but it's not. And then you hear me talk about personal branding, and you might think that what I do is about how you or I are perceived, or what people might think about us, or reputation management, or marketing, but it's not. And you hear me talk about imposter syndrome, and you might think what I do is about helping you overcome your fears, but it's not. What I do is about showing up to yourself and to others with the deep conviction that you are enough and a deep understanding of what you bring to the table. And I repeat, you're not bringing everything to the table, but you need to understand those things that you actually are. So what I do is about not hiding anymore as a woman. It's about having an unapologetic access to your own truth, finding your voice, owning your story, taking your place, and really stepping into your power. Yours, not anybody else's. Yours. Alice went to the interview and she got the job. 